0: Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from Wayne Box Miller from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. The Bengals, I don't know if you've heard this, are playing a game on Sunday. We're going to have that for you beginning at 2 o'clock right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 as the Bengals are taking on the Rams. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Of course, uh, we don't get to carry the Bengals broadcast. This is going to be an NFL production, which is. Something that's a little disappointing to me because I would have loved to have heard the call of the game from Dan Horde and Dave Lapham. And of course I always enjoy tuning in early for a Bengals game to hear Wayne talk about what's coming up and his post games are fun as well and he's been having a blast this year so we're going to talk to him here in the next few minutes. We're going to hear from Tony Kemper a little bit later on. I don't think we actually have the the sound bite. We'll save that for later in the week but I'm on the hook now for a Super Bowl shirt for Tony Kemper. He is a legendary, well-known Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute. On my budget, he should be buying me a shirt. So I might have to... Might have to reverse that decision on getting the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team a Bengals Super Bowl shirt. He He should be buying everyone here a shirt. So I'm going to talk to him about that. But we'll hear from him a little bit later on as the Thundering Herd in action this week, taking on FIU first, but trying to get back into the win column. Close. They're getting back. I thought they were going to have a tough stretch. There's some really good teams in Conference USA unfortunately can't get it done at home, so you got to go out on the road and try to get it done as well. And uh, the women, I think they're going to make a run in the tournament. So I feel more confident about that than anything. I think they will be a team that can make a run in the tournament. We're going to hear from him, your phone calls, your text as well, at 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. We're going to take our first break because I do want to leave time to talk to Wayne Box Miller from the Bengals Radio Network, so we're going to catch up with him here in the next few minutes. We'll later on hear from Tony Kemper, get his thoughts on the Marshall game. We'll hear from Joe Burrow as the Bengals are getting set for the Rams. All that's coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
1: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1
2: FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank.
0: Coming up in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with one of the friendly voices you hear every game day for the Cincinnati Bengals. I wake up Sunday mornings. First thing I do is turn on the radio to make sure that I hear the voice that I'm about to talk to. And that is one Mr. Wayne Box Miller from the Cincinnati Bengals radio network. He now joins us on the program and uh, you know, that's the only reason why I wake up on a Sunday is to hear you, sir. How are you? It's been a while. <laughs>
2: How you doing, man? It's right, long time no talk to.
0: It's good to talk to you again. Um, hey, I don't know if you know this, but the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think you know that.
2: I heard. I heard some some talk of that, and uh, the surrealness of it is starting to really sink in because this is Super Bowl week and. Uh, as evidenced by 35,000 or so fans in the stadium last night, uh, the momentum is moving west.
0: How was that event for uh, for maybe some of those here that didn't get a chance to watch that or couldn't be a part of that? What was that event like? Um, as you mentioned, surreal, I'm sure, a lot of euphoria, a lot of emotions.
2: You know, the most beautiful thing about it for me was that it happened. And, and what I mean by that, that this is atypical of, of the Bengals franchise in the terms of the the way they do things. And, you know, I I tell people all the time, you got to give Mike Brown a lot of credit if you gave him a lot of criticism because, you know, these changes happen with Mike's seal of approval. And, yes, uh, his two granddaughters, uh, Caroline and Elizabeth, have come in and just truly energize this franchise. But Katie Blackburn has started to shift kind of how they did some things in a way that was a little bit more appealing to the fan base. And, I, I mean, they, they're doing things right. The money he spent in free agency, Trey Hendrickson, big return on investment. Uh, Von Bell, big return on investment. You know, you look at some uh, DJ Reader, big return on investment. Larry Ogunjobi, big return on investment. So uh, Mike Brown opened the pocketbook, went out and got the players. Duke Tobin found the right players and put them with Joe Burrow and the, the wide receiver trio and Joe Mixon, and we're in the Super Bowl.
0: Do you think that this would have happened maybe a, a different path? This was maybe lightning in a bottle the way that this came down. I mean, you've seen franchises have success over the years. The Bengals, for 33 years, we haven't been able to talk about a Super Bowl. Could this have happened maybe a different path, or you know, was this lightning in a bottle that the Bengals thankfully have caught?
2: You know, I don't think it's lightning in a bottle. I think it's just changing your, you know, modus operandi. And I think what happened was, you know, uh, what's the old thing? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I truly think that this is what they want. I tell people all the time, if you really think about what the Bengals have done, They've addressed their needs like every other team. It's unfortunate that the people that they selected to address those needs didn't work out. For example, uh, Cedric Oboehe, they addressed the offensive line with a first-round pick. It didn't pan out. They drafted Jake Fisher out of Oregon, second-round pick, offensive line. It didn't pan out. They drafted Billy Price, first-round pick. They addressed the offensive line. It didn't work out. So when you hear people say, oh, the Bengals don't know what they're doing and they need to draft offensive linemen, well, they did. And the draft is a crapshoot, and it didn't work out, and they stayed with it, and, you know, they eventually were going to figure it out, and they did. So this is not lightning in a bottle. This is just, Things working out because they were sticking to a plan that they had that many people just didn't believe existed.
0: Personally, for you, you've been around this franchise a long time. You've you've been a part of this. You've seen the ups and downs. Um, what does this mean for you, just personally? I mean, we get connected to teams we like, but it feels like if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, or if you work in cincinnati you work in the media it's sort of a different relationship It it goes beyond just okay you know i'm i'm the host of the Bengals radio network you're more than that and this kind of means a little bit more to you maybe and for a lot of people involved
2: you know it, it's interesting that you say that because when the Bengals went to the super bowl in 89 90 i was actually representing players i had a sports marketing company and Eric E.T. Thomas and Solomon Wilcox, Tim McGee, those guys were clients slash friends who are now some of my very dear friends. It is different for me because I saw the heartbreak. I was at that Super Bowl game, and I saw the play where Lewis Billups could have had the interception followed by Joe Montana hitting John Taylor. But, you know, any long-suffering Bengal fan, uh, even through the five straight years of playoffs that Marvin Lewis brought the franchise, I think you just wanted to see the team do well. And and when you've suffered long and hard, and I mean, it's like anything else, man. It could be a marriage that's been on the rocky road for five or six years, and you finally turn that corner, man, and the marriage is beautiful, or your kids are wayward, and they, they wander off, and you just say, will they ever get it? And then all of a sudden they come home and they say something, you think, man, I think they just realized what I've been trying to tell them. And I, so I think it's like, We all just really wanted this for the team. We wanted it for Mike Brown. We wanted it for the players. We wanted it for the region. And and I tell people, man, I've actually sat and talked to Mike Brown, and I know the media presents people in a certain light, but if you spend time with Mike Brown and talk to him, man, you can't help but really root for the guy.
0: As far as what this has meant to the psyche of of those who call themselves Bengals fans, not just in Cincinnati, how many different people have you maybe talked to or heard from or or experienced uh, them maybe for the first time telling their story, they're a Bengals fan from here, they're a Bengals fan from there because social media has really opened up. Maybe it's just me with the way my Twitter feed is, but it's – for some days, it's just straight Bengals tweets from places all over that I've never heard of or thought of would have a Bengals fan there. And so, you know, how has that experience been, you know, just finding out, wow, we really got something going here. There are a lot of people that are, are coming out and ex- expressing their, their love for the Bengals maybe for the first time in a long time.
2: You know, it's interesting you say that, and it's a great uh, observation on your part because I did a podcast with the Bengal fan club in the U.K., over in England, and, you know, people don't realize they've got bingo clubs, fan clubs all over the world, and you're right. I mean, I would do radio shows, and uh, we've got the show tomorrow, and people will come up to you and say, hey, man, I've been a bingo fan, and you know that they're legit because they'll tell you something, a key moment in bingo history or a, a timeline that lets you know they've been following this team. Now, you have the people that are new that come around and say, hey, I'm a Bengal fan. And that's great. I mean, the more the merrier. But I've heard from people from uh, Dallas, Texas, people from, you know, Colorado, people from Florida, all over. And it's just great because they're all living in the moment. And that's what we should all do, man, is just live in this moment and enjoy it. Just enjoy the moment that this team, this improbable run, for a team that was two and 14 two years ago. Four and twelve a year ago, to be in this spot playing in the Super Bowl is just a beautiful moment, man. And just I, I just tell people, enjoy the moment.
0: Wayne Box Miller is with me from the Bengals Radio Network. I was telling Wayne off air, I'll share this story. I was getting some some shopping done. I was wearing my Bengals hat. It's it's a Sunday, so I'm sporting my colors. And a Steelers fan just comes up to me, and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know how this is going to go. And he started asking me about, hey, <laughs> what, what? what's the what's the line on the game? started asking me questions, and he's like, I hope they win. And I'm just sitting there stunned that a Steelers fan would come up to me and, and ask all this and want, want the Bengals to win. So it's kind of crazy just how many people are jumping on the Bengals bandwagon or at least rooting for the Bengals. Unofficially, this might be America's team, at least for this Super Bowl.
2: Well, you know, the AFC, uh, typically the teams in the AFC want to see an AFC team win for, you know, some kind of bragging right to say the AFC as a conference is better than the NFC. And then when you look at Pittsburgh, I mean, I've had a lot of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a ton of fans in Cincinnati, believe it or not. But a lot of those fans are like, if we can't go uh, win it, you go win it which means the AFC North then gets bragging rights as the best conference in football, which many think it is anyway. So I think it's just that kind of allegiance. Now, there are some fans that aren't going to root for the Bengals no matter what, like my friends in Cleveland. I have some friends that are Cleveland Brown fans, and they they wouldn't root for the Bengals if they were on their last leg. But uh, I got a feeling that Joe Burrow is going to make believers of us all.
0: I actually uh, I have too many of those people in my lives. Uh, right now, my life. Right now, Bengals fans are are all over the place. But I I work with too many Browns fans. I just want to. I mean, one <laughs> coo- I have one that's cool. I have one that's cool because you know he's an Ohio U guy, so he's uh, also on the Joe Burrow bandwagon. So he's cool with that. But yeah, uh, these are guys that are. They remember when the Browns were relevant, so you know how old they are. They're like they're like really old. Yes. Yeah. Back when the Browns were relevant, back like before the Super Bowl. So this is um, this is what I gotta deal with on a daily basis sometimes.
2: Sorry to hear that, man.
0: It's okay. It's okay. Strength and numbers. So it's it's been fun on social media. Uh I'm a little upset though. I didn't get a chance to hear your broadcast last week because we had to switch over to Westwood One's coverage. Yes, I know. I should have streamed it. I know I should have streamed it, but yeah, I, I will do that for uh, I will do that I'll, I'll peek in on uh, what you guys are doing the Super Bowl because uh, I mean man it's it's amazing Dan Horde is getting to call a Super Bowl and that guy's busy this week we tried to get him on the show as well and he he couldn't do it because he's just been so busy I mean this must be a, a once in a lifetime event for you for him Dave Lapham everybody involved.
2: You know, the the beauty of it is Dan Hoard just did the UC game in the Final Four in college football against Alabama. He's doing the Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals in the same year. Dave Lapham, you know, played in the first Super Bowl, broadcast the second Super Bowl, and is now broadcasting the third Super Bowl. So uh, their brush with greatness uh, as, has a couple of tentacles on it. For me, while I did attend the first Super Bowl and I – went to the World Series with the Reds because Eric Davis was a former client. For me to to do this broadcast, this will be my first true part of the experience. Like, I'm actually part of the fabric of this Super Bowl, and I, I don't think it's hit me yet. I mean, it's a surreal thing, and I think about it, but i got so much work to do. <laughs> getting ready for the show that we have tomorrow, uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl when that comes, so... At some point, I think for me, um, when it's over, I'll probably just sit back and, and just say, man, thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity, man, because it's a blessing, man. I, I truly feel grateful. I'm, I am I have gratitude, and I just am thanking the good Lord for it, man.
0: Now, do you get to go, or are you uh, going to be back at home base for this?
2: I am uh, headed out Thursday, um, so we're we're going out Thursday, and I will be in L.A.
0: Nice. Get to go to uh, SoFi Stadium, uh, which looks like a spaceship as far as uh, I'm concerned. just uh, I, I know that's going to be a, a wonderful experience for, for you going out there. Um, how crazy is, um, is the rest of your week? You mentioned that your show you're doing locally in the Cincinnati area, and of course you got your coverage. Just how crazy is the rest of your calendar? Because I, I know I had to squeeze you in, and I'm sure that you – aren't going to be available tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day after this.
2: Yeah, I've got, so I've got, uh, I'm working on the actual show. I've been working on it since last week, but the, the NFL, the Super Bowl halftime is a lot longer than a traditional halftime. So I'm putting together more content, additional content, uh, to run during the halftime show working on the opening, securing interviews. We do have a Bengals game plan show tomorrow, Dave Lapham and I. And so we're working on preparing for that. Then we fly out on Thursday. Uh, we arrive Thursday night. There are some activities there. The Bengals pep rally show will be on Friday. And uh, it just continues on and on, man. So, you know, it's, it's just you, you're not going to catch your breath, and you've got to be ready because – uh, the access will be limited in some respects. So you got to commandeer all of the interviews and conversations and, and things as quickly as you can. Like you said, it's moving fast, man. It's like a stream that's picking up steam.
0: Wayne Box Miller joins us from the Bengals Radio Network. And of course, again, uh, throughout the season, he's who you wake up with on Sunday mornings. And depending on how well the Bengals did, you're probably going way into the evening with uh, some of those post games. I'm not, I'm not saying you go long. I'm just saying it's it's, it's <laughs> you know when it's a win. You know when it's a win. <laughs> it's a little longer. You hey, you know that you know because we have we have so much fun I, to talk about.
2: Well, you know what, and and I tell people I'm I'm full of optimism, and now you can see why. I mean, just. You know these guys on this team. You knew they were special. You just keep adding the right parts, and uh, they just got all the right pieces in place. But what they have above and beyond all that is a genuine admiration for each other, a true chemistry and an authenticity that uh, belies their statistical nature. This team really believes in the 11-man concept, the next-man-up concept. They believe in... I don't care if it's not my week to get touches as long as we win. They live out that belief, and that's why I really believe that this is their year.
0: On to the game itself. I know you've got a plethora of reasons why the Bengals can win, so I won't ask you to go all into two or three hours worth of game prep for this show, but what do you see? How How do you see the Bengals beating the Rams and, you know, I'm sure you're optimistic they can. I'm sure the Rams are optimistic they can beat the Bengals, but what are you seeing that maybe makes you feel good about the Bengals' chances?
2: Well, the Bengals are going to be going up against a team that likes to rush five. A lot of times they'll rush four, rush five, and you got a quarterback who understands getting rid of the ball as quickly as possible. So against these uh, four- or five-man fronts, um, there's a lot of space in that, in that uh uh, linebacker area where they're just going to have to dump the ball off. I mean, you're going to have to take some shots, but Joe Burrow has learned quickly, which continues to blow a lot of people away. He has quickly learned to simply take what the defense gives you. It's hard for quarterbacks who want to go downfield a lot to, to accept that, but he's done a great job. I think that's an advantage that they'll have. I think they also have the advantage because I don't pe- I don't think people really truly know how good this defense is. I don't think they understand Chittabe Awuzie and uh, Eli Apple, uh, Bates and Bell, I think arguably are the best tandem of safeties in the NFL. Again, they've got guys uh, that just play the game the way you want. D.J. Reeder in the middle, uh, taking up space, and then the H-Boys, Hubbard and Hendrickson. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, man, what a year he's had. They just have guys at every position, and their linebackers, the two young guys, Pratt and Logan Wilson, they just make plays. I mean, they just simply make plays. So I think that the Bengals have that working for them. They also have Money back. Evan McPherson is a guy that he's unflappable, man. I mean, the guy just plays a game, nothing phases him, and um, he gets it done. So um, they, they got a lot of people on this team that are about team, and they're looking to make something happen. So it's all good.
0: you think the underdog status to this day, to this moment, they're still the underdog in this, has helped them? Because Joe Burrow doesn't seem like he's the type that takes kindly to being uh, underrated. He, I think he actually thrives on it. Maybe he welcomes it.
2: Well, what he does is he just likes to keep the focus off the team. He'll take the heat. He'll take the attention because he knows how to deflect it. But in doing all of that, he keeps the focus off the team. If you think back to the Tennessee game when they had uh, nine sacks in that game, he never threw anybody under the bus. He never felt like um, you never got the feeling he was mad or upset. He just plays a game, man. So you're not going to get him rattled. You're just not. He's just not that kind of guy. He's not wired that way. Um but he is a guy that understands every play what he needs to do to move the ball, to move the chains, and it's all based on a cerebral mentality of preparation, 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 preparation. And when Joe Burrow takes the field, he understands what the defense is trying to do, but the young man is so impressive. I mean, you just listen to him, you watch him in practice, you listen to what other guys say about him, and they truly believe that he can get them where they need to be, and that's hoisting that Lombardi Trophy on Sunday night.
0: Wayne Box Miller, my guest from the Bengals Radio Network, and of course, uh, I'll be uh, listening a little bit over uh, on your. I see, I got to work a Marshall game that day. We got a Marshall broadcaster; they're playing on Sunday. So after I get oh, off the go air, Thunder and Heard. Yeah, after that's over, I have to rush to a TV and a radio to to follow along because. They're playing at three in the afternoon or so, so we'll get off there close to kickoff time. I mean, who schedules a basketball game on Super Bowl Sunday? Who does that?
2: <laughs> Just something to occupy your time until kickoff.
0: Well, that's what that's what your pregame's for, Wayne. That's don't they know that? That's what your pregame is for to occupy my time. Yeah, until. when I use
2: the word yeah, when I use the word kickoff, I'm including us. So you know they they can go to the first half of the game, but come five o'clock or so time to lock it on countdown to kick off and uh we're looking forward to it man i i I tell you i just really really like this team and i'm i'm happy at this point man we're playing with house money because nobody expects them to be here so they're they're loose relaxed they're not supposed to be here the rams are supposed to be here they're not so the pressure's on the rams not the Bengals.
0: Well, i'm hoping this uh goes the way we want uh because i held off on buying any swag I, I almost did it, but I, I canceled that order. I'll tell you why. Because I, I bought a hat, won the AFC Championship. I'm excited. So I went ahead and bought yeah. the hat. But I didn't get one of the white ones that the Joe was wearing. I got this nice black one, and I had to yeah. send it back immediately because they got it wrong. They, they printed on there, AFC Conference Champions. Wow. Yeah. You, see, you know what the problem is also, and I can't wear that. I can't do that.
2: That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, you you got to wait for the hat.
0: Exactly the Super Bowl hat. So uh, uh, trust me. That's um, right. I'm going to be spending a lot of money after uh, probably after the Super Bowl's over. Uh, I'll be on. <laughs> I'll be on shop. You know, once that commercial comes on, it says, "Hey Bengals fans, right. your Super That's Bowl right. champions right. merchandise is available." I'm already going to be on NFL Shop. Put it all in my cart.
2: Shut the, shut the internet down is what I
0: say. Let's do shut it. Shut it down. Let's do it. Wayne, good talking to you again. Let's um, let's talk next week as we're talking about the Bengals winning the Super Bowl, and, and we can just celebrate together.
2: All right, my brother. Let's make it happen. And who day, baby?
0: Thank you, sir. Who day? It won't be the, the Rams. It won't be the Rams. Exactly.
3: No, 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 no.
0: Wayne Box Miller, my guest. I appreciate him joining us from the Bengals Radio Network. We're going to hear from Tony Kemper when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930.
1: This is The Drive
2: with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM at AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's
1: journey. Member FDIC.
0: Still to come, we're going to hear from Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you knew that. If you didn't, you haven't been listening to this program. Welcome back. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I I am Bengals fandom here in the Tri-State. It's me. It's been only me. I have been holding the fort down for 33 years. Feels like I've been holding the fort down for 33 Believe it or not, I believe I started my radio career right after the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. So I've been holding the fort down for all of this time. We got Tony Kemper, not a Bengals fan, by the way. I just don't know if you knew that. Not a Cincinnati Bengals fan. However, I do have it, not currently, but I have the where he actually is rooting for the Bengals wish I had that sound bite but you know good interns are hard to find these days Tony Kemper trying to get set for this week's contest FIU trying to get this team off the losing streak that they are on right now a tough game against Charlotte this was a, a game where the baskets were just not scored defense nasty gritty just was not an offensive showcase for either team but coach talked about the improvements that uh, you know he's trying to get out of his team also he made sure to point out that you got to give Charlotte a lot of credit for that game
1: uh we need to play well this week you know that it's the same as last week we needed to play um you know good last week I I thought we played back to really consistently played hard on Saturday against Charlotte um they're a good basketball team they they they're They're doing a great job of finding ways to win games, Um, and I I don't think Coach Kinswager would be mad if I said they're winning some of them ugly. And you know, that was definitely kind of an ugly game on Saturday that they won. And um, you know, they they got another one last night. Um, The one that they won at Western Kentucky was similar, and so they've done a really good job of figuring out how to how to win games that um, maybe everything doesn't go their way. And I thought they did a nice job of that on Saturday.
0: The game coming up this week. It's going to be FIU. Coach Kemper talks about what you can expect when those two teams meet.
1: They're a different basketball team than than what we've been playing. They they really pressure you. Ninety four feet. They press a lot. Um, they they're really active to get the ball to the basket. You know, for forty minutes in transition and and different things like that. So you really have to be. Um, tuned in, you can't take plays off or they they score in bunches and um, their pressure will pressure challenges you. Our guards will have to play well and so it's a it's a challenge all the way around.
0: All right. Skipping cut three, moving on to cut four, I'm calling an audible. It's what the quarterback does sometimes. Calls the audible, changes the play at the line. Coach Kemper talked a little bit about One of the things he'd like to see improved, and that's just limiting fouls.
1: We need to clean up the fouling. Um, We gave him too many free throws when they they weren't scoring baskets, Um, and some of that is it's a very fine line. We we have to be aggressive. We've got to be the quicker team to the ball, um, you know, because of size and different things like that. Um, And yet we we did too many way away from the basket that add up when you need to be physical at the rim and things like that, puts them at the line. So that's probably the easiest thing to talk about and hopefully adjust to is, you know, the fouls.
0: Tony Kemper, his comments earlier this afternoon. When we continue, we're going to hear from Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 in A of 930.
1: This is The Drive with Paul Swan
2: on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank.
0: Our phone lines this hour, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, your host for The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up this weekend, it will be the Bengals and the Rams. We go on the air at 2 o'clock with our coverage That will be here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. Now, if you're looking for the Thundering Herd game on Sunday, that's going to be over on 93.7 The Dog. So we'll have Marshall Basketball on 93.7 The Dog. The Bengals-Rams coverage begins 2 p.m. here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. And then we'll have the Super Bowl proper on every single one. Of our kindred communication station, so no matter where you're at, if you have a radio, you'll be able to follow along and be a part of the Bengals. Okay, text line, Paul. I'm a Steelers fan, but I gotta support my tri-state NFL team. Bengals are legit. Texture also says called it back in the fall after driving and hearing on the radio they have won five games in a row. The spirit was they were going to do good this year. Purchased a scarf, hat, and gloves cashier thought I was a Bengals fan I told her no I'm not taking tags off until they go to the Super Bowl so the tags are off I Miss mean, that's, that's a smart way to do that just buy your I mean if you're going to jump on be a fan wear the colors that's your secondary team I mean you can purchase the material and just have the tags ready just in case just in case I mean that's smart I like that. Again, the text line, 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. I'm waiting for the hat that says Super Bowl champions. So either I'm going to be waiting another 33 years or I'm going to get it on Sunday. Whatever happens, I can't wait. we got the Bengals taking on the Rams Super Bowl. It's happening right here on ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. You know, Joe Burrow, he's not surprised that the Bengals are here. We worked
3: very hard to to be in this position. I wouldn't say it's surprising. You know, I know the kind of guys we have in the locker room, and coaching staff works really hard to put us in in good positions to be successful. Now, if
0: you were with us earlier during our interview with Wayne Box Miller of the Bengals Radio Network, he mentioned uh, how Joe has had to take what the defense gives they're going to be throwing a lot at him. I'm sure they'll have a kitchen sink, he'll throw that at him as well. You know, maybe they'll rip a vending machine off, throw it at him. Anything they can come up with to throw at him on Sunday. And Joe talked about why he feels he is good against the blitz.
3: When you blitz, you have to play. When you blitz, you have to play one-on-one outside and the receivers that we have makes my job easy when when I do get pressured, they win so fast that I'm able to just get him the ball in space. So, you know, those guys make it easy on me.
0: Now, One thing is for certain, Joe has a lot of nicknames. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he also has a lot of swagger. I see that sort of from my interns. They walk in here with their swagger. They haven't earned it. Joe has earned it, and he talks about his swagger.
3: I don't know. I don't really consciously think about it. I just wear stuff that I think I would like. You know, It's not like I'm shopping and be like, oh, everyone would love this. Uh, I just have always kind of not cared what anybody thinks about you know, what I wear, what I do.
0: He doesn't care. And, of course, Ryan Sirk's in the glass booth telling me, look, I won a national championship. Is that not good enough for you, Swan? Win two. I wanted a second one, man. Want a second one. Um. Joe talked a little bit. He was asked about going to the CFL. Now, wait a minute. Joe is... Joe's NFL material. He's not CFL material. But he was asked on going to the CFL if he wasn't good.
3: You know, he would always tell me stories of the Grey Cups that he played in. So that was always fun to fun to hear about. You know, that was always kind of in the back of my mind if I had chosen to, to pursue that route. You know, maybe I, I didn't turn out to be as good as I was. You know, CFL was always in the back of my mind if I had decided to go there. No,
0: no, 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 no. I know you got that family history here, but no, 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 no. This is, he's NFL material. They don't, um... They play in that weird field. I like, Can- I like Canada. I like Canadian hockey. I like American hockey. I, I like a lot of things about our neighbors to the great white north. The maple syrup is pretty good, I hear. I don't like their football, that 50, 55-yard line. By the way, he got, um... He got the question about the nicknames. I hope he's got a good answer for it.
3: I have to ask since then you've appointed many nicknames, which one is your favorite? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of them. Just call me Joe. That's <laughs> whatever whatever anybody wants to call me is okay with me.
0: Just call him Joe. Just Joe, Joe cool. Joe Franchise. We got a game to get ready for though. And after after all these little fun and games and all these little, you know, media hits this week, he's gotta get ready. And he talks about focusing on the game and just not allowing distractions.
3: I've been focused on game prep and you know trying to eliminate as many distractions as I can. You know, the Super Bowl in LA, you know, everyone has all these distractions. You're gonna get pulled in a lot of different directions. And I think, you know, the team that handles those distractions the best is gonna end up winning the game.
0: Something else he was asked when the media were peppering him with the questions it's just to talk about the youth movement at the quarterback position i mean of course we're losing ben Roethlisberger. we're losing him he's no longer going to be in the national football league he's done tom brady he's he, no gone no longer retired i mean i guess after winning seven super bowls and not getting the eighth you know he figured uh, I don't have a shot at number eight, so I'm 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 done. Or he just didn't want to wake up in the morning. I, I don't I don't blame him either way. But there is a youth movement in the NFL. Joe talked about all the young quarterbacks like himself and the others that are coming up, making the game fun again.
3: With all of us playing the way that we're playing, it's a great product for the NFL. It's uh, great for the fans. Quarterback play is what drives the league, in my opinion. And you know we have a lot of really good young players that. I think are going to be here for a long time and continue to play well. And that's exciting to, for me as a fan, you know, when I get home from a game on Sundays, I, I enjoy watching football too. And that's exciting to watch guys like Mahomes and Lamar and Justin Herbert, Kyla Murray, all these young guys. You know, it's, it's fun for me to watch as well, as well as be a, be a part of it.
0: Now, something that I'm sure area high school football coaches are going to love to hear. I'm sure they're going to play this all next season. All next season is Joe talking about his Super Bowl prep not being much different than getting ready and playing for a high school state championship.
3: The players get better and you know the scheme gets better and everything, but you know, at the end of the day, your mindset stays the same. You know, when I played in the state championship in, in high school, it feels the same as playing in the Super Bowl does now. You know, at that moment in my life, that was the biggest game that I had ever played in. And, you know, so the Everything kind of feels the same. I've just had more reps in those situations, so I'm probably even a little calmer.
0: High school champ. Heisman trophy winner. National championship. AFC champ. Man, it's tough being Joe Burrow. It's just tough. It, it's just tough. Um Joe talked a little bit about this question. He didn't big-time anybody. He didn't, he didn't Eli Manning the Bengals. He didn't pull any, anything stupid. He was just happy to be in the NFL. He was happy to get drafted. He's an Ohio guy. Gets to play with the Bengals, for the Bengals. And he talked about on yesterday just not telling the Bengals. Just, he wasn't the type of guy to say, hey, don't draft me.
3: Never thought about telling the Bengals not to draft me or anything like that. I was just happy to be in the position that I was in, being the potential number one pick. That was exciting for me. I would never throw that opportunity away. There you have
0: it, number one pick. He is a few days away from his first Super Bowl and maybe the first Super Bowl victory in Cincinnati Bengals franchise history. We'll have that again for you. That's coming up. 2 o'clock on Sunday right here on ESP at 94.1 and a.m 930 for our and I love them more than they think I do my 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 impeccable intern crew okay maybe that's going too far just just a little too far here now I got a good crew in there I appreciate them every day uh, even if I don't tell them enough it's trying to build character after all I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.